hot on the heels of episode 77. It's episode 78 of Have You Seen? Hello, friends from the internet. Welcome back to The Submersible. Um, this is uh, Kieran trying to put some energy into an intro to have you seen for a change. <laughs> uh, this is episode number 78. I am still Kieran, insert amusing nickname here, Lefort. And the other end of the table is Tom, insert amusing nickname there, Webb. Yeah, I, think I actually g- had some planned and I can't remember them. All right, I think given the subject matter, they could only be offensive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I guess they could. Um. That subject matter, of which Tom yeah. speaks, is uh, untouchable. Yeah. Or as it's called everywhere else in the world, well, most places in the world, the untouchables. Yeah. Or just intouchables. Intouchable. Yeah. yeah. It's all very French and weird. Yeah. Um, it's a French film. It's in French. <laughs> With people talking French. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it... My iPad's doing things that I want to do. Uh, which I can hardly see around my microphone this week. Good mic placement, Kieran. <laughs> um... This is uh, quite a massively critically acclaimed film from 2011. Right. Uh, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. Can't carry on. What's so funny? No, <laughs> look, we're stopping. <laughs> Tell me what's wrong. No, nothing. It was, it was just brilliant. You had all that energy in that first sentence and it's just gone way off track from there. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Come I've on. only had one ginger beer. Yeah. Okay, so, Untouchable slash The Untouchables. Yeah. A highly critically acclaimed film from 2011, as I was saying. Yeah. Um, it is about uh, a quadriplegic widower aristocrat who what <laughs> I think just carry on for fuck's sake you're <laughs> fired get me someone better um, quadriplegic aristocrat widower yeah there's words to make you laugh <laughs> yeah. yeah laugh no, it up it's just what you said it <laughs> fine um, who takes a chance on hiring uh, an ex-con with shall we say a bit of life to him yeah. Uh as his uh as his carer, his kind of uh mm-hmm. assistant. Yeah. Um that's about it really. That's yeah. the that's the basics. Yeah. It's uh it's about friendship, it's about um two men whose one is kind of they're both fed up with their lives but in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well one one I guess one's fed up with his life because it's the life he's stuck with. Yeah. Uh um but uh, well, I guess they're both stuck with really. Yeah. Um. But in yeah, like you say, in very different way. One one man should have everything he could ever want, but mm. doesn't, and the other man doesn't have anything at all. No. And uh, appears to have gone about taking it in the wrong way in the past. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So um, I pitched it to Tom because um, well, because I watched it and I loved it. Um, yeah. uh, it's two really great performances. I think uh-huh. uh, the chemistry between the two leads is there. Uh, and it's just, um, it's very funny, it's touching, it deals with disability, but never in a kind of, never in a pejorative way. No. I'm, I said last week, the disability is played for laughs quite a lot, but yeah, it never feels exploitative, I think. No. Um, I guess we should just start talking about it, really. Yeah, sure. You've heard what I think about it and <laughs> why I pitched it to Tom. Uh, did you like it? Well, you know, we often say that we don't write a lot of notes when you're really enjoying yeah. a movie. That kind of... This is kind of twofold. We often don't write a lot of notes when it's subtitled because you've got to pay more attention. Yes. But also when you're really enjoying it. By the time the end credits finished, mm. I'd written precisely two notes. Excellent. Both of those notes 
I'd written before the end of the opening credits. <laughs> and they and they were simply the first one was that Maserati Quadraporte sounds amazing. Uh-huh. And the second but I knew there'd be one about the car. And then the second one was um that the opening t- the split screen opening titles and mm. the music really reminded me of a GTA game. Yeah, I guess so. Just the style of it. And and then I was just completely hooked into the movie and I didn't write anything else until it had finished. Excellent. Um I think you're right. The performances were just absolutely fantastic. Mm. The thing that kind of struck me was again, we've we've covered movies that wouldn't necessarily be something that we would seek out mm. usually and often aren't marketed to us as a demographic. Yeah. Um and some of those movies use what is effectively the story arc of a romantic comedy Hmm. but aren't romantic comedies so i'm thinking of things like i love you man and uh shall we dance and those kind of movies that that take that story structure but not are not the traditional boy meets girl and yeah yeah. a non-traditional not necessarily romantic couple exactly yeah yeah. um and i think this is this is exactly the same you have the you know the awkward meeting the getting Mm. to know you the kind Mm. the kind of breakup and then the the, the coming back together again and um yeah i think it just works beautifully and like you say it was really pardon me um, really burp inducing apparently um, it was really uh, heartwarming mm. um, and I think the the line that kind of sums it up is when Philippe is meets in a cafe one of his family members like a brother or something I don't think you ever find out what the exact relationship oh, that is that guy he's I a guy th- I thought I've, he was a lawyer of that's what kind, I thought yeah. but it, I think he is actually a family member okay um and the family, the the family member, whoever he may be, let's call him a brother for now, because uh, okay, fair uh, enough. That's kind of what I assumed after I thought he wasn't a lawyer, because I assumed exactly the same thing. Fine. Um, and he's basically. I'm gonna look up the spoilers on Wikipedia and see what he see what he might actually be. Okay, so th- that this scene in this cafe, they make uh, they make Driss stay outside, and he says, you know, what are you doing? This you've got to be careful about this guy because of his background and who he is. Yeah. And and he says, you know, these street guys have no pity, and Philippe says. Exactly. That's why I want him because he he doesn't pity him. He doesn't look down on him. He doesn't feel sorry for him in his situation. Mm. He just treats him like a normal human being and gives him his life back. Yeah. Which I think I think is that's the kind of the central theme really and the the really important part of the film is the fact that he treats he treats him like so, he would treat any one of his friends exactly you know? yeah yeah and you know and just joking about everything about him and even like i mean winding him up about being aroused by having his ears touched yeah and all of that kind of stuff i think is really kind of oh it just says a friend of philippe's right in the... <laughs> i think i thought he was supposed to be like a family mm. member or something but yeah i like i said i, th- I think i really like I, I really enjoyed it and i think it really kind of it really hooks you in, and it is very, very funny, which mm. you're not kind of prepared for in a way because it's so sweet yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it, and I think one, like, sorry, go for it. I was going to say one of the moments that really kind of sets the tone early on is when um, Driss has to put Philippe in the chair for the first time. Yeah, and he doesn't. Like, I expected him to put, you know, one arm under the knees, one arm around his back, and and lift him up, yeah. like. Um, I, I, like he's carrying over the threshold. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Like, like the end of um, Officer and a Gentleman. Yeah, that kind of that kind of because that's what I thought. Well, that would be the easiest way to do it because yeah. they're in the sitting position mm. and you can just put him in the chair. Mm. He doesn't. He just kind of grabs him under the arms, just hauls him off the bed, yeah. and then he puts him down and turns around, and then Philippe just starts to topple over slowly. <laughs> yeah. And that was because that again, it was a way of making 
a funny moment out of his disability, yeah. but not making it him the butt of the joke. No, there's a lot of that in that in that opening sequence where Philippe's first, uh, sorry, where Driss is first going about his his new duties. Yeah, like getting the foot cream and the shampoo mixed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. which comes back to um, Philippe afterwards <laughs> saying, "I'm ready to go out. My feet are beautifully quaffed." Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's uh, having to put the compression stockings yes. on him, and he's yeah. like, "I'm not a man. Should not wear those. I'm not. I'm refusing <laughs> yeah. to put those on you." Yeah. yeah, there's lots of great stuff in there, and like you said, I mean, I think it's it's knowing that line between the object and the subject of the joke, and and knowing how to play those laughs properly. Mm. Um, and I think, well, that- actually, the pre-credit sequence where they. Um, because we haven't oh, talked about of course. that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. That, that, yeah. as I said, that is that's a flash forward to the end of the film, if you like, or towards yes. the end of the film, yeah. if you like. Um, well, they're speeding through the streets in uh, in Philippe's Maserati that he hasn't yeah. driven in years. Yeah, and you find out later on that that's because, um, uh, well, initially they get in the Maserati because Driss refuses to drive the the <laughs> yeah. disabled wagon popemobile thing. Yeah, um, uh, and just kind of yeah, wants to wants his friend to live. Yeah, he's like, you have this you car, have this you love one, the speed, yeah. why don't we just use why don't we that? Use it? Yeah. yeah, his face when he first fires it up is amazing. He pulls <laughs> it out of my side, pulls his incredible <laughs> yeah. face when he first yeah. hears the note. I know, I'd imagine that's kind of what I'd be like if I got yeah. a car like that. Um, but it's less expressive. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so they're, they're speeding through the streets and the police catch them. Yes. And they make a bet. <laughs> yeah. He says, uh, 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 was it 100 euros says I can get us a... Says I can outrun them, mm. um, and the, he doesn't outrun them. He yeah. gets he gets caught, uh, and then they, they they up it, and he says well, two hundred two hundred euros. Says I get us an escort. Yeah, uh, and Philippe feigns having a fit in, yeah. <laughs> in the in the passenger seat. Yeah, uh, while they get uh, while they get a police escort to the heli- to, to the helicopter to the hospital. <laughs> what the hell? Um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I just, uh, and like, they, they they like pound disco and soul music yeah. all, all the way as yeah. well. I just love the fact that while whilst that that scene is sort of also playing out that. That you know he's he's like he's obviously before they set off he he decides he like he mops up all the drool mm. but he's just like where does it yeah. come from how do you produce what yeah. is this stuff yeah. where does it come <laughs> from yeah uh, um yeah uh that's it really oh I talked about all the subplots because there's there's at least half a dozen subplots that run yeah. through this film yeah and none of them get in the way no they're all nicely and that, that, like I well, I guess you've got you've got the story between Driss and his. I think it's his son, isn't it? It turns out to be his son, yes. Kind of. They I, never, wrote, although... I, wrote, I just wrote, because I didn't know if I was going to talk about it last week, I just wrote family member. Yeah, they never, he never explicitly says it. That's done with a look. Yeah. That you, you should go, oh, it's it's, yeah. his, it's his son. Yeah. Um, so there's all of that. There's the, the kind of the, the Fabergé egg yeah. story, which kind of links to that. Yeah. Uh, there's the... The him trying to bed the ginger woman, the secretary, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I guess oh, there's a few, and there's a few others as there's well. There's trouble there's with some... Philippe's daughter. There's yes, a right, romance yeah. between the housekeeper and the gardener. There's yeah. Philippe's long distance um, correspondence yeah. relationship with a woman called Eleanor. Eleanor yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's the paintings. There's, uh, yeah, uh, Driss's art, oh, yeah. um, and there's lots to do with music because uh, Philippe, uh, Philippe is a man of classical music. Yes, uh, whereas. Um, Chris <laughs> loves, loves disco, disco. yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a great scene where they have Philippe's birthday party <laughs> yeah. where um, uh, where it's it's the surprise he knows is coming every year and he says they, they yeah. all come round basically just to see how I'm doing make <laughs> yeah. sure I'm not dead yeah. and then they all go yeah. um, and 
Philippe is trying to get Driss to appreciate classical music. Yeah. And you get a montage of the, the little orchestra they have playing all these different tunes. Yeah. And Driss is like, oh, I know this one. This is on the advert. <laughs> yeah. And then um, there's, there's one where he's, 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 um, he's miming riding a horse going, sir, sir, <laughs> yeah. I'm off to the house, sir. Yeah. That kind of thing. And then, oh, there's the other one. Like, he, oh, there's another one. He goes, oh, it's this. Everyone knows this. Yeah. Because it's the music that goes on hold when they're waiting for their oh, benefits. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 And he, he, he yeah. reels off the benefits. Yeah. Feel, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then when he's done, when when they're all done, he plugs his iPod in. Yeah, uh, yeah. and he's dancing. I can't remember what tune he's dancing. It's, something, it's, it's Earth, Wind, and Earth Fire. Wind and Fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and getting all these buttoned up people to dance with him. Yeah, uh, that's just a great scene. Yeah, I lo- I love how the the kind of the the housekeeper kind of warms to him. Yeah. Mar- is it Marguerite? Marguerite? Oh, uh, I can't remember. Hold on. Mm. Uh, you carry on talking about it, and uh, um, I've got it, I've got it here. Is it one? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, hang on. Maybe not. I might just edit this bit out. Is it Yvonne? It's Yvonne, isn't it's it? It's Yvonne. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Uh, yeah. Where where she she warms to him over like at first she's very against him. And yeah. Then... She finds uh she finds uh, a knife and um his flick stick baton yeah. in the uh, in his yeah in his bag. bag. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, and a few other bits and pieces. Yes. It? Yeah. Yeah, so she's very wary of him, but she. And what I like about that is there's no like you. She gradually warms to him, mm. and it's very subtle that mm. you don't you don't really kind of notice that there's the change no, until, until she finally consents to giving him a hug as he leaves. Yeah, and yeah. at that point you realise, oh well, that, actually their their relationship's completely changed, mm. and it's very nicely done, very subtle, and mm. yeah, it's uh, yeah, I really, I really really enjoyed it. Cool. Like I said, it was very entertaining, very very funny. Um, my one complaint with it is the paragliding sequence. Right, where you can see the actors holding the arms that have got the GoPros on them. Yes, yeah, Couldn't I know. Could you just crop in the frame a little bit? Yeah. You'd lose the tiniest bit of resolution, yeah. and it wouldn't look stupid. Yeah, I know that. I noticed that mostly on Omar size stuff. I didn't yeah. notice it so much on uh, on Philippe. Well, maybe he'd just uh, refused to move his arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do love the fact that Omar so lost his shoe in that sequence, oh, yeah, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that really made me laugh <laughs> because you know that that obviously wasn't that that just happened, mm. <laughs> and he was completely shocked by it and just screaming, "I've lost my fucking shoe!" <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so uh, two thumbs up, really? Yeah, absolutely. Have we run out of things to talk about it already? I think so. Yeah, cool. Uh, because it's just, I mean it's just really really good, and mm. I don't know. It's like you don't. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say other than just I go still, and watch I know it. we kind of say like spoilers are go go when it comes to reviews. But yeah, I kind of don't want to spoil any more about it. I know it that's the thing because so I want people to listen to our enthusiasm for it and go and watch it. Exactly, um, I know it is mean. currently five pounds on DVD really? on Amazon. Yeah, mm. and if you have access to US Netflix, yeah, it's, it's on um, It's on there. If you're of the Blu-ray persuasion, it is ten pounds thirty on Amazon at the moment. Right, if you have to have this in high definition. Yeah. Uh, it's not a film that demands it, really. No, but. no, it's not. It's. I, I think it will be one that I will buy. Yeah. Um. Just because I, I really, really did enjoy it. I think it's like I say, it's one that's been people should just watch. It's everyone should see it. I think it was really, really good. Marvelous. Well, in other uh, places in the world, yeah. we've got some alternative titles because obviously the title changed for here. Yeah. And um, uh, Argentina, it was Untouchable Friends. In right. Chile, that just, sounds a bit dodgy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Chile, they just called it Amigos. So right. friends. Uh, Russia, it was one plus one, and uh, in typical understated German fashion, yeah. in Germany it was called reasonably good friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, reasonably there, good friends. There are some people who don't didn't like it as much as we did, though. 
I will say on Amazon, there are 395 reviews of this film. Wow. 342 of those are five stars. Right. Wow. Um, I found uh, all the one star reviews are people who bought the. Uh, for some reason, the original DVD release of this didn't have any subtitles on it. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Wow. And Amazon just merrily sold it. Uh, there was someone yeah. complaining that it wasn't dubbed. Right. Uh, but I found a couple of two-star reviews that made me giggle. Uh, there was one called PC Nonsense. <laughs> this film was recommended to me by a trendy lefty friend. I should have been more wary. <laughs> I fell asleep a third of the way through. My wife is an artist. She enjoyed it, apparently, but fell asleep when I did. <laughs> Brilliant. And so... <laughs> This I didn't get. I thought the acting was wooden, in inverted commas. Really? I didn't like... Well, hang on. Well, one of them's a paraplegic, so there's going to be a fair amount of non-movement there. But, you know, he does... He does expressive, you know, with his neck upwards. Well, exactly. That's the point. He does a brilliant performance Mm. with, with what he... He's yeah. allowed to use. Yeah. I think it'd be weird if I saw him moving normally in a film now. Because he's exactly, so good. Yeah, like, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, anyway, the acting was wooden. I didn't like the swearing, even in French, with English subtitles! Exclamation mark. <laughs> I didn't like the film's underlying approval of violence in the storyline. Underlying approval? Really? Oh, I suppose... I suppose there are a couple of moments where Driss does The things. only thing I can think of is where he goes out to, to the, the guy, guy the who's car. blocking the parking space. Yeah. Well, he also threatens the, he threatens the young girl's boyfriend quite aggressively. And he also yeah. threatens somebody else up against a wall. Hmm. There's a, so, yeah, he, I guess. But then uh, that, that's all But he mellows all character. You, you, you Absolutely, get, you get yeah. the set up and the payoff because he threatens the first guy who blocks yeah, the Yeah, well, he pulls thing. him out of the car and pulls shoves him on the, the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the second guy, he just taps on the Some window guy. and says, would you mind moving? You, you, you shouldn't yeah. block this. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's all character development. Yeah. It's not, it's not excessive, certainly. Well, some people do not get that. No. Um, well, that's it. That's uh, untouchable. It gets the full five star, four thumbs up treatment from Have You Seen? Yeah. Uh, go and see it. Yeah. I have a feeling this would be a really short show because I've got a really short pitch. Okay. Carry on. I'm going to pitch you a British film noir Mm -hmm. from 1949. Okay. Regularly tops the BFI's 100 British films ever made. Mm -hmm. Um, It is like a lot of the film noirs we've we've or the sort of that sort of thriller that we've covered it has it's a little bit slow starting but gripping by the end okay um so i'm going to pitch you the third man ah okay um cuz i figured we've done we've done a lot of like silly cheesy movies recently mm. and with the exception of untouchable that's mm. coming back to something that's a bit got a bit more depth to it yeah um and i figured it, we haven't done like a really sort of old school classic movie for a long time All right. um and this would be a perfect one to do mm. um I will in a little while. I'll give you the briefest of plot synopses because mm. it is one of those films that if you know nothing going in, it's it's much more gripping. Um, the thing I love about this film is the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the old uh, Academy aspect ratio, so mm-hmm. it's four by three or five by four or whatever they yeah. want to call it at the time. Um, and it's uh, the use of that frame is more like you would expect from like a really sort of wide cinema scope mm. like when you have a frame that wide you kind of need to use all of it in a in an interesting way yeah. whereas this they do in the thing and it's it's basically i don't think you will ever see have seen a film with so much dutch tilt in it in your life <laughs> we did do one didn't we and i can't remember what it was there's something there was one like, it was always on the wonk yeah, it um, might as well have been a dutch movie yeah the dutch, dutch tilt um 
but there's so much that the uh, the uh, director Carol Reed was presented with a spirit level at the end, <laughs> at the end of the movie. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's a, a classic classic film noir. It looks stunning and it's got some great performances in it. And um, the basic premise is uh, a pulp novelist. He writes a Western novel, like little novellas. Mm. Um, he, a guy called Holly Martins travels to Vienna after he's promised a job by his old friend and black market racketeer Harry Lyme. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay. Cryptic. Yeah. Um, and that's the best way with this because you need to just get drawn in. Um, like I say, it's set in post-war Vienna. Um, and like many... European cities that were controlled by the Axis forces in the Second World War, upon liberation, it was divided into quarters, a British quarter, a French quarter, an American quarter, and a Russian quarter, Mm -hmm. because no one knew what was going to happen to that country, whether it was was going to go back to being Austria or Germany or wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't know whose rule it would would come under until things had been sorted out. Um, So you get lots of uh, interaction between those sort of four nationalities mm. um my my favorite moment being when uh, there's a scene involving four police officers one of each nationality and a woman right uh and they're all taking care of her and she's about to leave somewhere and it's the french man <laughs> that makes sure she's got her lipstick <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's uh, it's one of those things it's it's um you'll see a lot of familiar faces um uh, the the lead is played by joseph cotton um orson wells is in it um it was directed by carol reed um one of the things i found quite weirdly interesting about it is it's kind of odd connection to james bond Okay. So the assistant director was Guy Hamilton. Who directed many, many Bond films. Four? Directed, four Bond movies? Uh, yeah, I think he did four. I might, but he might have done five. I think it, it, there's him and there's another guy who, uh, who, who did like four or five. Mm. The other guy that did four or five was a guy called John Glenn, mm-hmm. and he was the editor for Guy Hamilton, who right. then got the job of directing. They right. kind of like... You know, said, okay, you've, you've paid your dues. Yeah. He was an assistant sound recordist on the third man. Right. Uh, to the point where uh, there are sequences where Joseph Cotton is running through the streets of Vienna. Uh, so he would have to sit in the studio, watch the footage, and run up and down, matching his gait. Right. And then he'd run outside to where the hard floor was with the guy with the microphone, and they'd record it and then run back in again <laughs> and, and see if they got it right. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and Guy Hamilton and Carol Reed did a lot of doubling for Orson Welles because mm-hmm. Orson Welles was supposed to. Asked. Well, his flight, like he was paid to come in on a given date, and his flight turned up, and he arrived on it. But then he went AWOL for two weeks, oh. so they filled the time by shooting all this extra stuff. Right, and, and they did a lot of stuff with his character. And just do his close-ups when and, he gets and back. And they just put Guy Hamilton in a big coat and padded him out a bit <laughs> to make him look a bit bigger to be Orson Welles. Awesome. Um, so there's lots of fun stuff there. And the other connection to James Bond mm. is um, there's a army... I think, is he a major? He's a ma- I'm pretty sure he's a major. Uh, and his sergeant. And the sergeant is played by Bernard Lee, who went on to become M. Okay. So there's a lot of people here yeah. that formed that very first... We're all in Doctor No or involved yeah. with Doctor No in some way. So that, I was kind of like, that's kind of interesting that you've got that... You know, those people starting to work together who then went on to make something quite 
spectacular in its own right. Um, so that kind of intrigued me a lot, being mm-hmm. a, being a fan of James Bond. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really going to go into any more detail. Um, That's fair enough. As much as I can. Uh, to it, uh, it, this is one of those movies, a bit like Casa. You remember you saying with Casablanca, it was one of those movies that should never have been made because nobody really got on. Yeah. This is another one, a bit like that. So it was produced by David O'Selznick and Alex Corder, who, in their own rights, were both these huge producers. And this was going to be the first of many co-productions between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they couldn't stand each other, uh, and it was the only one they ever did. Right. Um, so, and there's lots of stories. You know, there's like I think at this point, David O'Selznick was addicted to speed, and he got Carol Reed addicted to speed, and Carol Reed wouldn't let anyone else direct any of the scenes. Right. And they had a day unit, a night unit, and a a, a, a evening unit, and he was literally directing twenty hours a day, getting three hours sleep, and then starting again. Jesus. Um, because he was so involved, but none of that. None of that was to the detriment of the film. It seems to be one of those perfect storms where everything came together. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a fantastic plot. It's complex and it twists and it turns and it's engaging. It's shot in... It's absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are, there, are shot almost, there are sequences in this where every single shot is, looks iconic. Um, so, yeah, I just... I hope you like it, really. Tremendous. I look forward to it. Yeah. It's it's one of those ones that I it's also it's one of those ones that I can never remember the plot for. <laughs> okay. So like I I I'll, I'll watch it and I, you know I watched it recently for this and I and I wrote it all down. I bet you in six months time, I I won't be able to remember what the plot is or why certain people do certain things. And then when I watch it again, I'll I'll enjoy it all again fresh because I just I, I, it won't go into my brain. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I must have seen it like three times, three or four times. And I, I, even before I watched this, I was just like, you know what? I really can't remember what this film's about. <laughs> awesome. I look forward to forgetting it. Yeah. yeah. Additionally, uh, because we are not going to be back now, the the next shot chance we get to record is November the 18th. Yeah. That is the only time between, well, what time now is, and what then. What is it now? That it's the 30th of October, so yes. it's over two weeks. Yeah. It's the only time between now and then that Tom are actually going to be in the office at the same time. Yes. Um, it's kind of awkward. We have a whole backlog of listener pitches. Yeah. And I managed to finally get one. Brilliant. The one I thought would be easiest to get hold of <laughs> has taken me ages. The, yeah. the pitch was sent in, was sent on June the 2nd. Right. My DVD of this arrived two days ago. Brilliant. I, I think we should point out we will get to all of the listener yes. pitches we've had so this far. Is, this, I'm, I'm trying to use this as the start. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got time off. I might actually do a bit more eBaying and see if I can get hold of more of them. Yeah, that's I'm, a great I'm, idea. I'm buoyed by this success yeah, and the yeah. fact that it only cost me £2.69, including uh, £1.70 yeah. of postage. Um, I, we should actually mention, uh, I remember, I think it was uh, Graham... Uh, pitched us Muscle Shoals. Oh, Graham Hubbard, yes. Yeah, uh, pitched us Muscle Shoals. That's just come out in the cinema. Came out last Friday, I think. Okay. Um, I doubt it will stick around long because it's a documentary. Yeah. Uh, but if this goes up in time, go see it and send us what your thoughts are and hopefully we'll get to watch it at some point yes. soon too. Yes, indeed. We'll, we'll do um, a show with that in. It seems like the kind of film that will prop up on BBC Two pretty quickly. Or BBC Four, yeah. Yeah, it's that it, kind uh, of To be honest, it'll probably, it, it so. might pick up on Netflix, actually. Maybe. <coughs> Pardon me. So, the first yeah. of our run of listener pitches, hopefully, yes. fingers crossed. Matinee. Excellent. Uh, directed by Joel Dante, 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, this pitch was sent by Michael Pierce way back in mm-hmm. June. Uh, yeah. 
of the Pierce family who pitched us um, Undefeated. Yeah. And did they do Queen of Versailles as yes. well? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So two two movies that we got stuck into quite a lot yes. actually yes, for indeed. different reasons. Yes. One one I think we liked more than the other. Uh no. Well no, I disagree. I I I think we both liked both films. We just liked the people in one and didn't like the people in the All other. All right. Fair enough. I'll yeah. give you that. All right. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um. So, matinee. I'm just gonna I'm gonna read uh um, I'm going to read Michael's email verbatim if I can work out how to stand my iPad up without knocking anything over, particularly my glass of water. I've already spilt one glass of water over myself today. <laughs> Let's not make it too. In true 1986 style, I'm wearing only a jumper because I soaked my T-shirt. <laughs> right. Yes, indeed. Okay, so Michael says, it's October 1962 in Key West, Florida, at the height of the Cold War. Right. A local cinema announces they're going to have a special exclusive presentation of a new film from producer Lawrence Woolsey, who's played by John Goodman, including an in-person appearance from the man himself. The film is Mant, which has the fantastic tagline of half man, half ant, all terror. (laughs) This film is going to be presented to the audience in a new form of Atomavision and Rumble-Rama, which is guaranteed to scare the life out of anyone who sees it. Right. Set during the Cuban Missile Crisis, Wolsey feels feels that this atmosphere of fear will create the perfect environment for his film to be shown. Uh, Matinee feels like it has spiritual kinship to Singing in the Rain. Whereas Singing in the Rain deals with the transition from silence to talkie, this film deals with the period of time when cinema was put under pressure from television. Right, yeah. The film industry was looking for any form of innovation to try and keep the audience mm. going to the cinema. Uh, the film has many... This film has many film within the film, including Mant, and a fantastic parody of a live-action Disney film of the period. Uh... <laughs> This is a film made for film fans, as the more you know about the, this period of cinema, the more you'll take away from the film. Keep an eye out for all the little details that are perfectly recreated in the film. Mm. So there we go. Excellent. I think this is the period when it was kind of the first emergence of things like 3D and yes. all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, all, all of those gimmicks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which even, you know, like I've said before, even people like Alfred Hitchcock, he made a 3D movie yeah. and things like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, this should be it should be insane. I think I think I can remember this coming out for reasons of full disclosure. Yeah, I might have already seen it. I can't remember. It rings a bell. I, and I've certainly seen at least some of it. I remember hearing about it mm. and thinking I'd like to see it, and I'm never seeing it. Um, for I don't know why, but well, okay, well, it would have come out. What was it? Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like thirteen. I was probably mm. too busy watching Jurassic Park. Yeah. But it, yeah, I think it. I it, it rings a bell, mm. and I remember it wasn't until uh, you showed me the DVD cover and John Goodman was there. I was like, oh, that actually mm. does definitely ring a bell. I could before you said I I didn't didn't recognize it at all. Mm. Um, but I'm pretty certain I've never seen it because I re- I remember thinking I'd like to and then not. Well, now you'll get to because there's Excellent. a DVD in my bag waiting for you. Perfect. Um, the other thing that's going to happen and you don't know about this is all I'm right. going to pitch you a movie. Oh, okay. Because um, it's such a long time to wait till the next show. I think the next show should be a bumper show to kind of make up yeah, for no, us absolutely. being a bit Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. I was just kind of uh, picked a load of DVDs off my shelf the other day. I had nothing to do. So I yeah. grabbed a bunch of DVDs and just started watching movies. Oh, sweet. Um, and um, I realised uh, we haven't done... What haven't we done for ages? Oh, I don't know. They cropped up quite a lot and now they've gone away. Um... Martial arts movies? We haven't done a Donnie Yen film for a while. Donnie Yen, excellent. So, um, uh, I'm also going to give you the DVD for a film unfortunately titled 
Killzone. Right, okay. Yeah, it's a terrible title it was given in the West. The Chinese title suits it better. Right. Uh, there it's called Chapeau Lang. Okay. Uh, which refers to, I'll read this, this is from Wikipedia. Chapeau Lang is the collective term for three stars in Chinese astrology, uh, a particular method of Chinese fortune telling. Right. Uh, Kisha, literally seven killings, symbolizes power. Mm. Po Jun, literally vanquisher of armies, symbolizing mm. destruction. Uh, and Tan Lang, uh, meaning greedy wolf symbolizing lust. Okay. And essentially, these stars, depending on where they appear in the heavens and what time, can be either good or evil. Gotcha. Now I'll explain how that relates to the movie. Right. So, the basic, I've also just written the basic synopsis off Wikipedia because it's easier. Yeah. Uh, Chan Kwok Chung, played by Simon Yam, uh, is a Hong Kong police inspector. Uh, he's dedicated his career to putting Wong Po, played by Sammo Hung, Uh, a notorious triad boss behind bars. While escorting a witness with damning evidence of Wong's wrongdoings to court, Chan's car is rammed at high speed by another car driven by Jack, played by Jing Wu, a ruthless assassin hired by Wong. The impact severely injures the witness and his wife, who Jack proceeds to kill after getting out of his car. Uh, The witness's young daughter, however, is spared. Chan survives too, but has a piece of glass stuck in the back of his head. When the glass is removed, the doctor notices a tumour in Chan's brain and informs him he doesn't have long to live. And that spurs Chan on to becoming more determined to bring down Wong right. uh, using any means necessary. Uh-huh. Three years later, right. Mark Won, played by uh, Donnie Yen, as a police officer in another precinct, is assigned to replace Chan, who's soon to retire, uh, and take over the leadership of Chan's team, comprised, comprised by his three kind of, he's got three right hand men, uh, Wa, Sum, and Locke. Right. All three of these men are very protective of Chan, uh, and he, Chan has also since adopted the, the dead witness's daughter. Right. Okay. It's a complicated... That's basically the first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> right. Jesus. It's a complicated setup. Okay. Um, it's kind of... Donnie Yen is like the biggest face on the poster. Yeah. Uh, he's really the third in a three-hander between um, him, Summer Hung, and Simon Yam. Right. Um, how the... How Shapo Lang relates to the film mm. um, in the... Yam's character Chan is a good cop who's doing worse and worse things to try and bring down a bad guy. Wong, Samo mm. Hung. Um, uh, Wong is the the baddest tribe boss in the city, but he also loves his wife and son. Right. Uh, brand new son, in fact. Uh, and Ma is trying to leave behind an incident where he went too far in the line of duty, but he's getting swept up in Chan's thirst for revenge. Gotcha. So right. it's very... Yeah. It's, it's kind of both sides of the, the coin. Yeah. You know, people being exactly. bad in some extent and good. And it's what, kind of, yeah, yeah it's, it's shades of grey. It's yeah. like nobody is all good and nobody no, is all, all bad. bad. Right. Uh, yeah. And I don't necessarily just mean that in terms of the characters. I mean that in terms of human beings in general. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, and I like this because it's in that, because of that and in that respect, that makes it a cut above your average Action Hong Kong movie. cop movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, it still does have a couple of great action sequences, notably towards the end where um, Yen fights Jing Wu, right? Uh, and they have a, they have a one on one duel in an alleyway where Wu has got his um, weapon of choice, which is like a, it was a Japanese short long long handled short sword, right? Um, and um, uh, Yen has uh, the same baton that is found in Driss's bag, in right? Yeah, that kind undefeated, of flick. That, yeah. yeah. The flick stick, yeah. if you like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, it's a bit of a spoiler, but after that, Donnie Yen fights Samo Hung. Right. Um, 
Well, that was bound to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, I think Sammo Hung's performance in this is great. He yeah. should have been a fat, grumpy, bad guy years ago. <laughs> right. He's awesome in this. <laughs> and in that fight scene with Donnie Yen, for a man who was 53 at the time, he takes a couple of cracking bumps. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, And he's a big, fat lad as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of, like I said, I thought it was just a cut above the usual mm. um, Hong Kong action movie. Uh, it's but from the same team who made uh, both Ip Man Right. Uh, and Flashpoint, which okay. we both covered on this show. Uh, yeah. So it's written and directed by Wilson Yip, and it stars, oh, right, cool. stars Donnie Yen okay. uh, and Simon Yam, who I believe both of them, I think, are in both of those movies. Yeah. yeah. And then Samo, it predates both of them. Oh, right, okay. And then Samo turns up again in Ip Man 2. 2, yeah. Yeah, for the mm. only decent bit of that movie. Yeah. Um, Even that is a bit over the top and silly. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just thought we should, uh, we should add another movie in. Yeah, um, definitely. Since I watched this one, I thought... Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, all right, um, cool, awesome. Yeah, like I say, it's good because you know we, we've kind of both come to the table with two yeah. things that we haven't done for quite a while, yeah. which I think is cool. Um, it's avi- I'm not sure about UK. This is definitely available on US Netflix. Oh, okay, awesome. Wait, or maybe the other way around. It's okay. available on one of the major yeah. Netflix right. regions uh, and is worth 85 minutes of your time, I think. Perfect, all right. We'll Step clarify that when we when we tweet out or, and Facebook links and stuff. Yeah, I'll try and, uh, I'll try and find out. Yeah, okie dokie. So there we go. Next week, you get three reviews. Yeah, bloody hell. Got a lot of movies to watch. Indeed. Well, you know, we've kind of we'll shortchanged people recently. Last that, week, it's only yeah. like 25 minutes. That's true, yeah. Um, I say last week. I mean, like the one I uploaded two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, my computer died a horrific death. Yeah. Is uh, it completely which, dead? No, I have managed to recover it. Awesome. Uh, but beware, people, uh, owners of aging MacBook Pros, uh, OSX Mavericks does not like them as much as Apple claims. Yeah. So... Plugs and thanks, I guess. Are we done? Anything else? Um, I can't think of anything else. Okay. Um, I have a DVD to give you. That's about it. I have a DVD to give you. I should have given you two DVDs, but I left one from at home, so you can okay. have one tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Or you can just watch it on Netflix. All right. There we go. So, plugs and thanks. If you have seen any of these films that the, I've got the, the names of already. The Third Man, well, yep. Kill Zone, yep. and uh, Matinee. Yes, there we go. See, I was paying any... attention. Ah, excellent. Good. That's your job. Um, if you've seen any of those films, uh, we'd like your reviews. So you can reach us on Twitter at HWS Podcast. Yep. On Facebook, facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. Mm-hmm. The blog is have you seen.net, which during my time off might get a facelift and will definitely get updated. So by the time we come back with episode 79 uh, in November, um, November the 18th, mark it down. Yeah. Um, it, will, it should be completely up to date. Yeah. That's when we record. I'm sure the show probably won't go up to the 19th or the 20th, yeah. I think. Yeah. Don't give away the secret. Well, no, but you know, if you don't want people waiting on the 18th and then have to wait like two all right, days. All right. Some, sometime in the middle of <laughs> yeah. November, you'll get another show. Yeah. The email, uh, which is how Michael sent us his pitch yes. for matinee, is podcast at haveyouseen.net. Mm-hmm. Um, we like shares and likes on Facebook, particularly of new show posts. We like retweets on Twitter, particularly of new show tweets. Mm-hmm. Reviews and ratings on iTunes, especially good ones. And your pitches for new films and reviews of stuff we've covered. Yes. So That'd be go. awesome. Add, add more to the backlog. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks to all of you for listening, especially if you've done any of those things. Uh-huh. Thank you to Upbeat Productions for letting us into Submersible again. Yeah. Um, and thank you to Alexia Marm for his technical expertise. As always. And uh, tremendous beard skills. Yeah. Amazing beard skills. Okay. Um, so we should go because we've each got to watch three movies, <sighs> two movies, some movies. Yeah. Three movies because we've got pitches for next week. Yeah. 
Not next week, next episode. Next episode, yeah. Yeah, we need to get back to doing weekly, don't we? We do, yeah. 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 Um, well, hopefully, hopefully, this, well, actually, no, because December we'll have time off for Christmas, won't we? So, yeah. January, we should go back to being weekly. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll be able to we'll be able to do a couple uh, in early December, probably two two or three weekly, I would think. Mm-hmm. And not not two or three shows weekly. I mean, we should be able to get th- two to three weeks consecutive. Good, that's a better way of phrasing it. Good. I think we're both losing our uh, ability to speak, <laughs> yeah. so I think we should uh, think in general. Indeed. So I think we should yeah. uh, switch us off and go and work on our own personal beard skills yeah. and see if we can oh, get was, anywhere was, near as good as. I Alexis. was just thinking we should we should try and get. Alexi to do Movember mm. where he just shaves off his moustache and then lets it grow back but then I figured that would take like 10 minutes it, w- it would take 10 minutes and he'd look Egyptian Amish <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I just thought oh, that would be amazing for him to do that but no, it, it, honestly it would take grow back so quick but, yeah. yeah so there we go yeah. alright let's go alright let's go bye